This is fantastic. Okay, you're interested? Well, I'm learning. Okay, this is good. quiz night stuff. This okay. has been a, a real oversight in my quiz night knowledge. So now I'm like, you I'm, I'm locking this all away. And the drama yeah. and like the way they intersect. Once it. I can put a Game of Thrones character to each face, then I'm just locking them all away. Yeah, see, that's what I don't like Game of Thrones for because I'm like, mm, the real story is so much better. This is Totally Obsessed with Dan DeBoot. Talking to interesting people about that interesting thing that interests them. Welcome back to another Totally Obsessed with Dan DeBoof. I'm Dan DeBoof and this is my podcast, Totally Obsessed. Hello, it's where I sit down and I talk to someone who I find interesting and creative about what they find interesting and let them just go hard on it. For a whole podcast, the one thing they're dying to talk about, I just go, talk about it. Um, And this week, I reckon you will learn something from the podcast. Because my guest this week is Greta Lee Jackson. Uh, She's a writer, director, performer, presenter, comedy personality. You've seen her on Tonight Leech. She's also part of Skitbox. Um, If you enjoy the chat, and again, I reckon you will then why not listen to her podcast, which is called Fail with Greta Lee Jackson, because the best way to learn about a new podcast is listening to a current podcast. Um, So yeah, definitely listen to that after this one. But I reckon you'll want to listen to all of this one too, because when I sat down with Greta to talk about her obsession, she got so into it that we sat down for an hour. I've split this one in two. This is only part one of Greta's podcast. Her obsession is the Tudors, the royal family that ruled England from the late 1400s until the early 1600s. Uh, Henry VIII, Queen Elizabeth, and everything in between, basically. Now, I knew very little about the Tudors, um, including, like, those dates and those names. Like, I genuinely only know that now. But that's because Greta is bloody into it and really good communicating why this is such an interesting time of history the 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 backstabbing and the the personalities she knows so much about this time in british history and she loves to share so let's get into it this is greta lee jackson on totally obsessed with dan deboof i'm dan deboof and the topic is the tudors Greta, what are you obsessed with? Oh my God, Dan, I'm obsessed with several things, but one of those things is Tudor England. <laughs> okay, this is good because I kind of like it when um, a lot of people are coming with their obsessions and they're just sort of like, um, oh, you know, this sports team or something like that. And I'm like, yeah, okay, but can you know, what's something spicy and different and out there? And when you came back with a period of history, I was like, great, lock it in, let's do it. Yeah, but I can't tell you exactly from when to when, I was just about to look it up, but from when to when that period in history was. Mm. I define it by people and the monarchs that were yeah. in charge at the time. Was it 
so I might be wrong. Post War of the Roses yes. until Henry Henry VIII. It's Henry VIII onwards. Well, oh. it's Henry's dad technically, and then uh, Henry the Seventh. Yes, Henry the Seventh. Is then, it? I was just guessing, oh, but or is it Henry the Sixth? I don't know. For me, it really begins with Henry the Eighth. Yes, and it kind of tapers off at the death of his daughter um, Elizabeth the First. Okay. So that's basically how I define it. I, All right. I, can, I can't give you exact years. I'm sorry. And Elizabeth I is obviously the Queen Elizabeth, Elizabethan era. Yes. Yep. Okay, great. She's I, still um, technically a Tudor. Yeah? Yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, this is, this would be good. I mean, I don't know how good like your actual like specific general knowledge is. Like Pretty good. I don't know if there'll be many history buffs listening, like fact checking as we go. Oh, that's that's me in the movies when cool. they make biopics. I'm like, that didn't happen. I can't just enjoy it if it's like got creative freedom. Well, know? I'm gonna give you creative freedom now. Okay. Go for it. Go for it. All right. I guess I should <laughs> sort of define why I'm obsessed with this with Tudor England. It's because if you actually look into it about what happened between these people and the sort of things that went on in their lives and their relationships with each other, it's more interesting than any soap opera. Yeah, great. But it happened. It's real. So to me, that's just like far more interesting. And a, a particular historian that covers the period, David Starkey, says um, the truth is infinitely stranger than fiction and far more interesting. And for, for me, that's what it is. When pe- people get a buzz about like Hollywood actors, I get a buzz about, oh, my God, this is where this event in history happened. And yeah, happened. great. Tower of London, Hampton Court. Hampton Court is where Henry VIII um, was his palace. All that stuff. Uh, I, I'm like, I get a real high. I get euphoric. <laughs> so I don't know why. I guess it's because we don't really have a in Australia a similar... Like, we're ignorant to our yeah. history a lot of the time. Whereas, the, the and we shouldn't be, but it's just an unfortunate circumstance of, of the education system and, and what and have you, you. You learn a lot more through osmosis about different countries and their histories than you do about our actual yeah, one. Yeah, you do. It sucks, but that's what happens. Yeah. But there's just something about the drama of Tudor England. Like, you know, Henry VIII, six wives. You chopped two of their heads off. Uh, one of them died in childbirth. Each of those of the three children he had, and those are the legitimate children. We're not talking about the illegitimate ones. Um, went on to rule in their own right and fought with each other and turned the country upside down. And like, I just find that so fascinating. Yeah, Henry, great. Henry VIII himself created a new religion, so Church of England, mm-hmm. in order to marry Anne Boleyn. Do you know how this came about? Go, go tell, tell, tell. Am I just like? just stream of consciousness is this really like whatever overwhelming? Uh, well it's weird because part of me is kind of like wanting to like track what's going on but on the other hand i like that you're kind of luring me in at the start okay, with good. almost like the um that you, know you have the dot points at the start of the article in like the daily mail and it's yeah. like blah, blah blah turned up in their underwear then they were locked out of the house blah, 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 and you go oh well how am i ever going to get through this article you know, you're giving <laughs> me all those salacious dot points right at the top yeah yeah well i guess one of the most, one of the most remarkable things that that happened was yeah the creation of the Church of England religion, which was done solely so Henry VIII could divorce his first wife, Catherine of Aragon, and marry his mistress Anne Boleyn. So Henry actually wasn't supposed to be king. He had an older brother Arthur, who was married to Catherine when they were both about fifteen, fourteen. Arthur, very king. King Arthur, name. right? Yeah, but. Um, like he was the heir and Henry was the spare. You know how there's like yeah. wills and, and um, 
Harry, yeah. Aaron's bear. It's a good thing that's what you want in, in the monarchy. Um, but so Henry was the spare and Arthur died not long after marrying Catherine of Aragon, a Spanish princess. And Henry had to like step up and it's kind of, it was unexpected. And it's kind of why he's different to a lot of the kings in that, because even though he was so brutal and egotistical and abusive, he was at heart a romantic, which was really odd because he was raised by women. He wasn't thought to be like given the traditional king, kingly masculine education. He was raised with his mother and his sisters and he got quite like emotional and vulnerable upbringing uh, as a contrast to how his, his elder brother was raised. So then he suddenly becomes king and he married Catherine, was able to do so because apparently they never consummated the marriage you know, they were young. And apparently. Apparently. Or what well, do you reckon? I think that it's likely they didn't. I think Catherine was so stoic and so by the book, devout Catholic, that she there's no way she would have lied about it. Okay. She would have said, no, nah, we didn't. I do believe that. That was, so, that, that was everything at that time, the relationship with God. When you talk about, the, like, obviously the way you spoke just then, I'm like, you know these people personally. It feels like it. I've read enough. I mean, that's, you can so have a look at my bookshelf. I've got a few, like, you know, a Lady in the Tower and Elizabeth CEO and all those. I yeah, might get a... Um, Six uh, Wives of Henry VIII. Like a, I might get, like, a bibliography at the end. Sure. Where you can do, like, a top five. Okay. Um, yeah, so I feel, like I, I feel like I know them. I've, I've read that much and it's just... yeah. I find their lives really interesting and the way they all intersected in history. And, you know, Henry marrying Catherine, they they only had one daughter, which was Queen Mary I, who later was known as Bloody Mary because she... I'll go into that later. But they they had their daughter and um, she uh, was raised devout Catholic like her mother. After that was like a bunch of subsequent miscarriages. They never had another child together. It was always ill-fated births. Mm-hmm. And Henry starts looking to the Bible or, you know, or God or whatever to figure out an explanation for this. And he finds a little passage that says, and I don't, oh, excuse my ignorance, I'm not up to date on the Bible. You are, I, you are not coming across as ignorant <laughs> I right just now. Don't, <laughs> I can't give you the specific biblical references, but there's something in there about you cannot marry your brother's wife. Or else you'll be childless. Something like that. Very specific. And he's like, okay. oh no. So he's like, I've got to divorce her. And under that, at that time, England was still Catholic yeah. and under the, under the Pope. And the Pope's like, no, you can't. You can't. You can't divorce her. I'm sorry. He's like, well, I want to. I've got someone lined up who can give me children. I need children to keep the, the dynasty going. And they're like, well, no, you can't. He's like, well, F you, Pope. I'm going to start my own religion yeah. with blackjack and hookers. No. Um, <laughs> he just basically was like, I am appointed by God, not the Pope. I'm the king. I get to decide the religion. So he basically was excommunicated and was like, no big deal. I make my own church. That's what I wanted all along. Yeah. And under that church, I can marry my mistress, which was Anne Boleyn. Okay. Who, who um, was going to be, she was supposed to just be a fling. Because Henry actually already slept with her sister and had uh, an illegitimate child by her. So who's the sister? Mary Boleyn. So when you okay. that book, the other Boleyn girls, based on Mary. Okay. So Anne Boleyn sees this, becomes a lady in waiting to Catherine. Queen Catherine is like, I'm not going to be just discarded like my sister. I'm going to be queen. So she didn't sleep with. When I say mistress, it's probably not appropriate because she'd actually withheld sex for three years. Oh. And was like, I'm not. I'll give in to you when I'm when I marry you. Henry VIII, what a cuck. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, you might have seen that perspective on some MRA websites. Um, but he was just besotted. And, you know, this thing that I can't have and I want to have it and I must have it and I'm the king. And, and he just became absolutely obsessed with her and then was like, I've got to get rid of Catherine, made the new religion, got rid of her, married Anne, and then it was kind of all downhill from there. Because while she was this desirable virgin while they were courting, suddenly because she was raised in the French court as a youngster, she knows too much about sex once they're married. Oh, wow. So the seeds of doubt are planted there. So it was all like love and lust and a perfect love story up until they're married. And the second they get married, because she'd experienced such privilege as a sought-after mistress during this time... She didn't know how to play the role of queen properly. Oh, she, wow. She was, yeah, well, he, making him a cut. Bit too continental. Making him a cut. Yeah, Make, okay. Bit too continental. Still tried to enjoy the privilege of being the sought after. It's like, no, you're a wife now. Yeah. Shut up and do your duty. And she had real trouble with that. Um, so I find Anne Boleyn the most interesting because um, she was hated. Like the, the French um, ambassador called her the, the concubine and, and she wasn't Catholic. Um she was like a like a reformist sort of I don't know exactly what it was but she wasn't Catholic and it was like oh planting witchy ideas in the king's head and all this sort of stuff but the same thing happens had they have a single daughter Elizabeth and no more live births after that so you know Henry- so, so once it, once is a fluke but twice you got to start wondering now yeah. yeah, you can either start wondering about what was the likely cause, which was a, a, a genetic blood disorder called porphyria that the royal family had and which results in usually like one child but then antibodies destroying the other embryos after that child. You could either. Perhaps, perhaps maybe, maybe. Or, or <laughs> she's a witch. Curse, yeah. She's a witch. She's a witch. And so he started to go from absolute obsession with her to absolute disdain in the space of three years is remarkable. I just find that incredible. Like, it's like that thing in some relationships where at the start you're like, oh my God, you're so amazing. And then like things just start to grate on you and then you're just like, what? Like you breathe through your nose and all this. <laughs> I had an ex that used to butter both sides of the bread and um, he was a larger... <laughs> he was a larger boy. And I used to, when I was first dating him, I was like, oh, that's cute. That's a cute little quirky yeah. guy. Now I'm just like, stop buttering the sides of the bread. <laughs> God damn it. What, doesn't he get bread all over his hands? A butter all over his hands? hands? Oh. I don't, no, I don't know. He butted both sides. I don't know. It, but it was what what was first. At first, yeah, exactly. And you it's exactly double what your happened. butter. Your butter, like, budget goes out the window because going through butter it twice as fast. Blown. Yeah, try to say that quick. Butter budget's <sighs> blown. So that. So everything cute about her and alluring about her suddenly wasn't alluring now that she's a wife. Um, and they decide, like, to... Uh, so his, his advisor, Thomas Cromwell already had picked a new woman for Henry to have the male child because daughters are kind of useless in Tudor mm-hmm. England. So he had two daughters, heirs to the throne technically, but it's not the son. Yeah. It's not the son. So he desperately wants a male child. He thinks he's married a witch. Um, so Cromwell instills a plan to get rid of her and put his associate, Jane Seymour, on the throne. And Jane was the opposite to Anne. Anne's meant to be this like courtly, lively, entertaining, intelligent, funny, witty yeah. person, big personality, great dancer, like really just, you know, those type of people, life of the party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jane's like this dour, like little meek kind of, I'll be a good wife sort of thing. So Henry's like, that's what I should have done. <laughs> <laughs> 
And um, yeah. it's such like I should have had a trad wife. Yeah, it's just that thing where it's like you can just imagine like the dad who has the midlife crisis gets rid of the first wife because he's bored of her. The mistress, the wild party girl, marries her. Goes no, like it's just so cliche. The trade in, it's yeah. a Johnny Depp. <laughs> and or, or, like some other ones that, that trade in the um the the for the younger model, Hugh and McGregor did it. You know, it's an epidemic. Um. So yeah, he's but he did it six times. Yeah. Henry. Um. So yeah, we're not even halfway. We're yet. not even yeah. halfway. This is number three. So Cromwell arranges to have. He can't divorce again. It's just that's a bit of a joke. They really need to. And plus, you would have still a little bit of claim. Or I'm not quite sure. It, it's complicated. So they decide to just execute her. Of course. Um. So they like make, a Woody Allen movie. Yeah. Just, totally. Typical. How are we going to get rid of this problem? Typical. Yeah. yeah kill it. So they make all these, um, in my opinion, it's hotly debated, but I think trumped up charges. I think that's the more popular opinion, yeah. that she never did any of the stuff that they accused her of. Um, they had all these charges, like she, um, they tortured a few men to say that they slept with her. Um, one was a musician, like a low-status musician, who was the one that confessed, but he was he was tortured to the point of, you know, like just make it stop. Okay, I'll tell you what you want to hear. Wow. And there were a three bard. others. Yes, it was a bard. Yeah, yeah. Great. Of course you go for the bard. Yeah. I don't think she did, but you know. And you they're can... such courtly hangers on as well, like yeah. with their, their harps or their lutes or whatever, like singing songs obsequiously, like get into the pocket of the king, like yes, yes. You could just imagine the second you torture and they'd be like, Oh, I'm just a bard. <laughs> It's funny you say about getting into the pocket of the king. One of the guys that she was accused of sleeping with was the groom of the stool. Do you know what that is? Oh, yeah. So this is the guy who, like, his duty is to wipe the king's ass. Yeah. yeah. It's basically the top job. Yeah. It's the top because you can be alone with the king and yeah. in his ear. and oh, his ear. <laughs> well, and his ass. But it was like a respected, coveted position. But, yeah, um, Henry Even Percy, the... I want to say his name was. Yeah, Henry Percy. And there was a poet... Um, Thomas Wyatt, Mark Smeaton, and Francis Brereton was the other guy. I think he was just a nobleman. And they all... Oh, and her brother. Oh, they okay. just said she slept with her brother because to make her more depraved. Put that in the mix, yeah, definitely. And he was not really liked it. That's almost either. too much. Like, I imagine the brainstorming meeting, if someone threw that out as a possible, like, trumped-up charge, you go, oh, that's a bit too far, that one. That one will probably be the one we come undone with. Let's just stick to the, the ass wiper and the bard. <laughs> now, nowadays, they, nowadays they would. Yeah. But now they're like, nah, we need to, need to make sure this woman really is, hammer this one looks home. bad in court. <laughs> and... Um, uh, so she, they all get the chop um, the day before. She can see their bodies being carried back. Ironically, the very same room where she was kept as prisoner, you know, during her trial and awaiting her execution was the very same room she stayed in before her coronation, so before she came queen. So can you imagine going from that, you're the queen of England, to you're about to die? In what kind of a space of time are we talking three about? Three years. Yeah, far Nothing. out. No, three? Three years. I think they caught it for seven. Oh God, I need to look that up. I just, again, I don't know dates. That's I just fine. know general. You're here, you're here not to be an expert, <laughs> to be obsessed with something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's good. That's a relief because I can't give you a proper thing. I'll tell you what, you are nailing the brief right now. Oh, good. <laughs> good, 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 good. Um, yes, yeah, so she gets convicted. One of the people on the jury, I guess you could say, or, or you know, panel of lords is her uncle. 
Oh, that's not a good look. So everybody's just saving their ass. You know, yeah. they don't want to be associated with mm. that anymore. So she basically, she doesn't have a chance. She, there's no way to prove it. Um, so she goes to the scaffold. Um, they, I always assume people know this, but you probably, you might not if you don't know much about it. But because she was a queen, it wasn't a public execution. It was like private within the Tower of London walls. But in um, every movie it's public? Um, is this one of the things that you throw popcorn at the screen during? No, I threw popcorn at, at the screen during the scene where she does actually like start to kiss her brother because she's so des- oh. desperate for a child uh, that they insinuated that she they actually did. And I was like, oh, come on. Yeah. Um, Hashtag not my Anne Boleyn. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Um, yeah. And so they executed her within the walls and because she was a queen, like there was a little bit of mercy shown to her in the fact that Henry ordered... Uh, usually how they would execute people that are traitors to the to the crown is a block and an axe. Yeah. It's not a good method of execution. It takes two or three goes every time, pretty much. Um, very rare to just do it in one chop. So they, as you know, as an act of mercy, Henry orders in this French swordsman... Um, to do it while she's like kneeling, standing up and right off. So she didn't really know when it was coming or how it was coming, like the exact moment, which you would with a block, you know. So she's blindfolded and then they made some sound to distract her and she and then whack, took it off. <laughs> Muffins? Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. It's, it's kind of horrific. Give me because, a kid a needle, you know? Yeah, it was a distraction. So like, how was your day at school? <laughs> it's crazy to think that they treated the... the, the extinguishing of someone's life like that just so casually but it was entertainment it was entertainment and um so apparently her mouth was moving for like a few minutes up to five minutes after her head came off you know could you think about that could you see it could you see you'd still have a bit of blood in your brain right would you hang out for a little bit just yeah it's creepy to think of i wonder about that and it's just so tragic and i think the biggest and she does do in her speech she doesn't admit to anything and that was again a big deal if you were people, she would have believed if I don't admit, I'm going to go to hell. So if she'd done something wrong, she would have admitted it. She didn't. I don't believe she did anything wrong. She even like praises Henry on the, on the, you know, her final speech. And, um, she does admit, I think, cause they, they have some people listening to her before she goes to the execution. And she does say something about like, maybe I was guilty of being too, um, you know, not a good wife. I was being like too brash or not obedient or just herself. Yeah. Really. Okay. Yeah. Just herself. And then, um, she made some joke before going. They're like, well, the swordsman's been asked for, but been sent for. And she's like, well, that's okay. I've got a little neck. So she was trying to make the best of it. Um, but yeah, it's a grim story. I find her the most. I was just about to say, is she your favorite one? I yeah. Cause it made, sounds like yeah. it. Yeah. Well, well, I kind installed. of like Anne of Cleves as well, but yeah, that, that's number four, but this is not yet yeah, number All right, two. well, let's go number three. Number three. Jane Seymour. Jane Seymour, that's very good, yes. She gave This Henry... is fantastic because now I will remember them all in yeah. order, which is great quiz night fodder. I had a mug called Henry VIII's, like it was Henry VIII's Disappearing Wives, and if you poured hot water in it, the <laughs> wives would disappear, but the it was the decals peeled off. It was cheap. Um, I imagine you have a lot of weird... Like Tudor England related merch. This I that I don't really just books. Okay. Like I have for my other obsessions. Like I've got a lot of unicorns, but <laughs> I don't. I mostly have books. Yeah, and that mug, but I don't have the mug anymore. Um, 
So uh, Jane Seymour is is goes down in history because she gives Henry the son he always wanted. Okay. Child number three for him. Wife number three. A son, Edward. They were so concerned with the birth. They were like, this one's got to work. You know, that they took out the traditional midwives. They wouldn't let the midwives attend her. The old midwives knew exactly what they were doing when it came to babies and all that sort of stuff. Like, no, no, no. The male doctors must see this because this is the the most important birth. (laughs) All right, so men will solve this problem. They stuffed it up. They didn't know what the hell to do. She started bleeding because they left a placenta inside her. Well, there we are, done. Off to the pub, eh, lads? Hang on a second, what's that? What what an absolutely ridiculous mistake that was. They, uh, she, she got sepsis and died a few days later after the birth. Yeah, so but he, it's like tragic because he loved her so much because she was sacred. She gave him the special son. But he's got his son. All right. He's got his son. So this is his pride and joy. It's a big day. Um, I think um, Elizabeth... Oh, I didn't go into hell. They were, the daughters were treated by the stepmoms. Basically, Anne made Mary's life hell. Daughter of Catherine. Like, life hell. Mm-hmm. And then, like, now Elizabeth's been bumped off as well. Like, you're, you're, like there's evidence of letters being written to, to Henry, like, begging for clothes for Elizabeth. He doesn't give a shit about them anymore. Wow. He's got the son. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and they lived off with nannies. He just couldn't care less. But like, um, Edward's just this precocious, like he's just coddled. Um, so then obviously Jane's dead. He needs to marry again. Mm -hmm. So Cromwell, who was doing pretty well up until now, decides to, um, get enlist, I guess you could say a German princess, Anne of Cleves to marry Henry. Most of the other, I think a few other princesses were asked, they're like, no, nah, thanks, I like my head. Yeah. He's got a reputation yeah. now, you know. <laughs> but this Anne of Cleves is very sweet, very naive. I can change him. <laughs> well, probably just didn't know what she was in for. Yeah, exactly. And um, whereas Anne was very courtly, um, you know, and, and Jane was the, the, the good subservient wife, they, and they still had things in common with Henry when they were married to him. Here comes Anne of Cleves, and it's a disaster from day one. First of all, she's foreign. The 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 portraits the portraits he got his favorite portrait painter Hans Holbein to paint of her. Cromwell's like, wait, just go easy on the nose and make the chin a little bit. Ah, okay. So he would marry her. And then um, when she rocked up, it was like, you don't match your Tinder photos at all. Pretty much. <laughs> but no, but that's not that's not. It's actually not that simple. You'd think that's. I mean, that was part of the problem. That's what Henry ended up blaming. Like you didn't you didn't show me what she really looked like. But actually what happened was the first time she ever met the king and Henry, you know, he's like, oh, it's all about courtly love and courtship and all this sort of stuff and rituals and ceremonies and all this sort of stuff. She's sitting by the window watching a fate or something. She's arrived. She hasn't met the king yet. And in bursts this dude in a mask with all these other blokes. They're like, rah, rah, and they're causing a ruckus. And this masked dude gets on his knees and like asks for a kiss from her. And she's like, no, thank you. Because she's like a devout maiden. Yeah. I- I'm waiting for the king, thanks. And he's like, no, but your king has said that you kiss me. And he's like, no, I-, I will wait till I hear it from the king. Thank you. And just went back to watching the thing. And this whole big party, this party trick that had been going on, she completely ignored. The dude in the mask was Henry. Yeah, okay. 
and he made a big show of my new woman and all this sort of stuff. She's going to see through the mask and oh. the gaze of true love and all this sort of stuff. Uh-oh. She didn't get it. <laughs> She's German. They don't do that stuff Wait, there. Lads, check this out. Yeah, yeah. that's basically what yeah. happened. And she was just doing what she was supposed to do, being a good maiden, as far as she knew. And they don't do this sort of stuff in the German courts. Very austere. Yes, you know? very serious. She's like, what the hell is this? And after that rejection, then he's like, she's ugly, she's fat, she smells, all that sort of stuff. Oh. And they didn't consummate because he refused to. Did they get married? They did. Okay. Henry didn't want to, but they did. Yeah. Cromwell was like, uh-oh, I think I'm in trouble. But he sort of pushed it anyway. Um, Henry was so mad at him. And then she was so naive and so sheltered that she said to her ladies, you know, my my husband, he has consummated it because he lay next to me and, and patted my belly. And they're like, no, 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 Ooh, no. There's a little more involved than that, isn't and there? And she's like, no, we, you know, here's my true love. Mm. And the ladies are like, no, I don't yeah. think so. Oh, honey. <laughs> Henry the whole time is like, I've got to get rid of her. You, you, you effed up, Cromwell. Got to get rid of her and then I'll deal with you later. So... They, I think Cromwell's detractors, Cranmer, I think it was Archbishop Cranmer, found a relative of Anne Boleyn, funnily enough, a young 18-year-old, like, nymph called Catherine Howard. She was a cousin of Anne Boleyn. And Henry was like, that's the one for me. I may be old, fat. Gouty. Gouty. He had a a weeping sore on his leg from an old jousting injury that he got during the marriage to Anne that wouldn't heal. So he just got fatter and fatter and he stank. But that's, but I'm the king and I want that young 18 year old beautiful model. Um, So Catherine Howard's a young idiot. She just goes along with it. She's like, okay, whatever you powerful men in my family think I should do, I'll just do it. It's fine. Be cool to be queen. And, um, oh, Anne is sort of, Anne of Cleves is sort of sent away. She's given the title of the king's sister or something like that. And, and an, <laughs> There you go, sister you always wanted. All right, bye. And a nice, actually healthy pension. I think she did the best out of everybody because she just was like lived comfortably till she died. Oh. She, she didn't get to go home because it's too much of an embarrassment, but she kept her head. Yeah, she was like retired. Kept yeah. her head and kept some money. Yeah, fantastic. So on to Catherine Howard. Now he, the king is just obsessed He's absolutely smitten. It's like, oh, she's re- given me, she's reborn my heart and all this sort of stuff. And Catherine played it very well, but she didn't give a shit. She, different to Anne Boleyn, she was messing around. She was sleeping with like a like a servant guy, like Thomas Culpepper the whole time. Um, totally brazenly messing around. So Cromwell, I don't know when Cromwell died he did die maybe i gave away the spoiler but someone <laughs> i'd assumed it was a while ago <laughs> because because cromwell didn't like the Bo- the bolins and the howard family that was his detractors he was like oi harry hank he's messing around she's messing around on you mm-hmm. like she's sleeping with all these guys he henry was like so smitten with her for the first time he's like i don't believe you no no she's not wow she's okay. too perfect yeah, no, go away. Just didn't get through, and they're like, "Shit!" And so, excuse me, I'm going to have a um, 
I was trying to be. I was trying to be modest. I'm not. You, you've made that so. You've, you've sold it so well. I can't edit it out now. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I'll amp it up. Manners. I'm not I'll a just good... boost the the, the waveform a little bit. I'm not an English English maiden, demure. Yeah. So they. So Catherine Howard. Yeah. Uh, finally gets busted. They're finally able to convince Henry and provide him evidence that yes, this has been happening, and this destroys him. He is ruined emotionally okay. he can't believe it's happened again well it didn't really happen the first time but as far as he's concerned it's the second time that some woman has yeah cuckolded him and so he decides to execute her for treason and it said the night before and she did confess she was like i love this oh, yeah. thomas culpepper you know whereas Anne didn't you know so it said the night before her execution she asked for the block to be brought to her room so she could practice putting yep. her head down on it, which I find so grim. I know, it's 18, intense. 19. Um, again, um, all the ones she supposedly banged were killed. Oh, her mate. There's a crazy thing of her. <laughs> her lady in waiting was the, was the wife of George Boleyn, her oh, aunt's wow. brother. So her lady in waiting was the wife of George Boleyn, was. Wanted to get rid of George and was jealous of Anne and dobbed in George. They basically said, did he do it? She's like, yep. He slept with his sister. She's like, yeah. So she was instrumental in bringing down Anne and George. She gets executed with Catherine Howard being her lady-in-waiting because she facilitated the whole Thomas Colbeber thing. She snuck him in and out. So what an incredible fall for her as well. I didn't even know her name, but she was, yeah, ex-wife of George Boleyn. Got Anne killed and got herself killed by doing the exact opposite and helping Catherine. You're virtuous with one and you're conspiratory with the other. Incredible. So she dies the same day as Catherine Howard. Um, Henry's pretty sad now. Henry's like, what was me? Yeah. You know, he's still got his baby son. He's still got the girls as well, but he doesn't care. Yeah, exactly. But then he <laughs> They're married... an annoyance, if anything. Yeah, yeah, and everything's divided. So now we're on to wife number six, Catherine Parr. Now, Catherine Parr is kind of unique because she was older than the rest. She'd already been married to like an older man who got very, very ill. And so she was kind of, he died, left her money. She was wealthy in her own right. She was educated. She was um, really quite uh, uh, up to speed on um, religious writings and things like that. She, everybody thought she was nuts. They just killed wife number five. What are you doing? Are you crazy? You, You know better than this. What are you marrying the king for? But it turned out that's just what he needed at that time in his life. He'd sort of he'd lost the will to fight a little mm. bit. So a nurse is perfect. Sounds like he's always going for the opposite of what he had totally. before. Yeah, yeah, a sampler. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if he gets something wrong, he just goes a full 180 in the other direction. What do they call that the, the, when you have a board of beers? Uh, I don't know, like a paddle? I don't a paddle. Know. <laughs> yeah. He went for the paddle of wine. Like a degustation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Six course, all different. And so Catherine basically um, was the right amount of demure and the right amount of good conversation and the right amount of like caring for him, a good wife. I think only once she overstepped the mark and started to try and persuade him to adjust the religious things in the, in the country and, and he got really angry. He's like, you just remember who those have come before you. You know, oh. I, I killed Anne for less than that. You know? <laughs> um, and she's like, okay. So she was stepped in line. And uh, she outlived him. Yeah, okay. But during, I think both during her marriage and after, and after he died, um, she was really successful in reconciling Henry with 
Mary and Elizabeth and bringing that whole family together. And there's not much point to have animosity. Like, you know, you're all going to be heirs to the throne at some point. Um, you know, if it doesn't work out, you may as well all get along. So she was really sort of wise in that way. And um, she kind of got the ship, the Tudor ship, like back on track. Pretty much. Yeah. And he dies. And um, Edward becomes king, aged nine. Thanks, guys. As I said, that is the end of part one. Part two will be the next podcast. Um, ooh, what's going to happen? Uh, and it also includes Greta's book recommendations too, if now you're obsessed and you want to know more, which I kind of do. Remember to follow me on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook at Dan DeBoof. And we'll see you next time. Totally Obsessed with Dan DeBoof is pretty much made entirely by me, Dan DeBoof, except for the music, which is by Caleb Garfinkel, and the artwork, which is by David Ferrier and Joe Kutry. <laughs>